This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 11, as the New York Rangers keep their winning streak alive, and we head into another week of hockey, uh, where they have the last game of their road trip uh, before they head home. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, though, uh, not just within New York Rangers hockey, but um, yeah, just a lot of things around the league happening. So uh, Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired because all these late games have turned me into a creature of the night in order to, to watch them. And I always tell myself I'm going to only watch half of the game and then I'll just mm-hmm. go to sleep. But you know how it goes. That never works out, especially if the Rangers are... It's easy. It's one thing if they're getting blown out or whatever. You're like, well, I can go to bed and just not watch the rest of this. But, you know, they're sitting on a one-goal lead and um, even... Throughout their other victories, you know, going into the second period with up maybe one or two goals, you never you feel like it's over. So you, you need to see them close it out. So um, but uh, yeah, I mean, pleasantly surprised to to make it to the final game of the road trip. And right now, a perfect four and oh, so they're going uh, uh, we have a chance to, to close it out with a win in Winnipeg to go up a, a perfect five and oh, but. It'll be a, a tall order, especially considering the last game. You could make an argument they uh, they made it out of that one by the seat of their pants. But um, listen, uh, at, you know, at the end, they don't ask uh, how they just say how many, you know, so. Wins a win. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of people look at, you know, the Vancouver game as a as a almost a character test more than so just a. a you know, competition of skill. It's like who who was going to come out on top? The New York Rangers, who have been you know red hot, uh, you know, on the road, Western you know road trip. You know, it's coming to an end. You know, <clears throat> you're already you know looking forward to getting home. Uh, you know, it's a fun time of year, especially uh, you know in New York City. So I can imagine that you know you kind of have a successful road trip, no matter what the result of you know, the last two games really are, um, in terms of probably, you know, their perspective, our perspective, we want to win every game, but yeah, it just, uh, it's one of those games where I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like classic Rangers would have blown this game and they found a way to win and get two points. And listen, as far as I'm concerned, whether you get two points against a Western conference team in overtime or regulation really doesn't matter. You got two points and the Vancouver Canucks are pretty damn good. Uh, as of right now, now I know, I think last podcast, I, I said this team, I could see fizzling off and I still stand by that, but it doesn't mean that they don't have skill. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to win games. Um, I, I just think, you know, on paper, we are a better team on any given night. Certainly they can beat us. And they started the season out strong, but you know, the Rangers really found a really like a, a great way to win a hockey game and get two points. Uh, my, my question for you, Andy, is that, you know, looking at Vancouver and their success this year, would you agree with me in saying that this was like a, probably the first major test that the Rangers had to face this season? Yeah, I definitely think it was. I mean, 
that Vancouver uh, squad has kind of struggled for the last few years, despite having good players on it, um, good individual players, but between poor coaching and poor depth and unluck and bad goaltending woes. And they've just, it's been really, uh, it's been a yeah uphill battle for them, but um, they were clearly with, you know, Tockett, you know, full season of Tockett behind the bench. Um, they, he wants them to play a, that up-tempo style. They have some burners on their team. They have some good young skill and they, they obviously have some elite players in Pedersen and uh, um, Quinn Hughes. And, uh, you know, you look at you, you know, players like Kuzmenko and, um, you know, they just, they still have Besser who, if you're not careful, can just, you know, drop a hat trick on you cause he's a sniper and, um, yeah. And, and Mill JT Miller is kind of that gritty two way Ryan O'Reilly light character guy, you know, who's as much as kind of been made about his attitude, but the guy clearly gives a shit and whether, you know, it, it can be channeled in the wrong way sometimes, but, um, when he's on his game, he's just, uh, he, he just drags that team into the fight and yeah, they look dangerous this year, man. They just, they're slinging passes. They're playing at a high tempo. They're moving the puck quickly. And you know, they, they kind of remind me of Carolina when they finally realize how good they could be. Um, you know, although albeit I'd say they have a little bit more skill up top maybe, and maybe not quite as much depth, but uh, yeah, they, they were on the, they had a game the night before, and so you figured the Rangers were going to come out. But I also think the way that game played out was kind of like a tale of two franchises and just two different spots. I think Vancouver is on a mission this year to put teams on notice and say, hey, this is who we are now. So you need to forget about how we played. So it's important for them to establish their own identity. The Rangers are a little bit farther along on that. The Rangers are like, look, we've, we're this is game four of our five game road trip. Um. We, I think no team in the National Hockey League probably appreciates that it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint like the Rangers do. And they're, they've become so comfortable with their defensive structure. You could argue they, between just poorly timed penalties and they were defending a little bit too much in that game. But that being said, yeah, there were some great individual chances and Igor had to stand up a few times and the Rangers got lucky with the, with some, the, I would say the piss poor referee in that game. But at the same time, I think no, the Rangers are one of those teams that they just have so much experience that they're like, you know what? You literally just play the game that's in front of you and whatever, however it changes, you go down a goal. Don't get rattled. If you need a power play goal, don't grip the stick too tight. And I think that's, that was the the biggest surprise to me in that game is that despite like you would basically set it up top, like the Rangers of a few years ago, they don't win that game, but the Rangers are like, all right, cool. We have a, you know, we were down a goal or whatever. Um, or, you know, at first they're up, but then when they go down a goal, but they get their chance on the power play, they're like, we're just going to make it work here. And they do. And then, but you know, credit to Vancouver, they played a hell of a game. And I think to credit them, that's a game they would have lost the second the Rangers went up. You know what I mean? They, right. They willed a point with their their skill and their determination out of that game. So I think that's a game that, you know, and obviously I know a lot's going to be made of the the missed trip uh, in overtime and, you know, how it kind of fucked everything. But uh, 
and I'm not here to relitigate that, considering there was also uh, before that in overtime, there's a missed trip on Trocheck. But, you know, whatever. I, I think at the end of the day, that's a game that both teams, you know, Vancouver are proving to themselves and their fans that like we're not going away. We're the real deal and we can hang with, you know, some of the better teams in the National Hockey League. And the Rangers are like, we are we are one of those clubs that we are a contender because even after playing a bunch of strong games in the middle of a fucking five game road trip in game four, we meet a fire wagon team that is just pouring it on in their barn and we just stick with it and we just, you know, we just, we get the win. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I also like that they also recognize they're like, and which is one thing I like about, you know, they say don't critique your wins too hard or whatever they say, but you know, Lavulette's like, yeah, we defended too much. Um, you know, I think we we were I, I liked how we defended, but I think we were get so comfortable now that we, you know, some we should have pressed for more offense. So, you know, it's a learning experience. But uh, overall, if you're a Rangers fan, that's one. You know, I think the, their play as of to start the year has been good enough that that's one of those games I don't have. You don't have to critique, you know, obviously, if it becomes a, a, a situation where Igor is bailing them out like that every night, then yeah. But for the most part, they've been f- only given up 20, you know, some odd shots a night. And even in this game until overtime, they had, hadn't given up, uh, you know, 27, 26, 27 shots. So, cause they've been defending so well and their PK has been so good. So, you know, yeah, like I said, I'm well, not going to over critique this one. No, I mean, listen, you go on the road and you go three for six on the power play and you go five for six on the PK, you win the special teams battle you get two points. Yeah, they probably, you know, outplayed you at times and, you know, you, you defended well, but, you know, you gave up some chances. It, this shit's going to happen. I mean, you, it's not like you were, you know, playing a last place team and you dominated and, and you know, you let two points slip away. You know, that's not what happened. It's like, no, we, we you know, you're going to steal points along the along the way. And that's what good teams do. And, you know, for the Rangers to do that this early in the season against a team like Vancouver in game, you know, four of five on the West. And it's just, yeah, it's just, you have to look at this and say, you know, regardless if you think they played poorly, it's a, it's a success. You got two points. You're moving on to the last game of the Western conference road trip. And, you know, if you can somehow win that game, I mean, you gotta be, you know, ecstatic. I mean, this is what I was kind of calling for, you know, to run right through these teams. Now, was I expecting Vancouver to be the the Vancouver team that we see right now? No. But, you know, to be honest with you, it's like you had an Edmonton team without McDavid who are a shell of themselves and kind of lost right now. You have a Calgary team that are trying to find themselves. They still can't find any consistency in their game. Um, I think those two teams play tonight as we're recording which will be, you know, uh, I think a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, th- those two teams go to go to battle. And then, you know, y- you have, uh, who do we have next? We have uh, uh, the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, who, you know, again, another inconsistent team that looks, you know, really solid one night, and then they look lousy the next. So if the Rangers can beat them, which we know they're certainly capable of beating them, I mean, this has to be one of the most successful, you know, Western road trips that, you know, we've maybe ever seen, <laughs> you know, it's not, not very often you go undefeated and, you know, 
you have one shutout with your backup goaltender in that, uh, you know, you take care of business against Calgary, you know, you beat uh, a Seattle team that, you know, obviously they might not be as good as they were last year, but again, a team that kind of took it to you at times and you found a way to win that game. So there's a lot to, you know, be, you know, excited about. So yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm pumped right now. I know it doesn't seem like it. I'm, just exhausted. I did go to the Jets game today. Uh, boy, oh boy, was that a sporting event, you know, to, to, to be forget, you know, you, you want to forget that one. I mean, that was awful, but yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you know what, Andy, I'm looking at the schedule right now for the Rangers. Guess what we have tomorrow. It's a Western conference game at seven 30 at night. Can you really? believe that at Winnipeg, seven no. 30 PM? I hope, and I don't think it's... Is it a Canadian holiday I don't know about tomorrow? It, possibly. Uh, it's um, um, not a mistake on my end. I have it on set to Eastern time zone. So Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's saying 7.30 tomorrow. All right. Well, that's the the happiest thing that's happened to me all day. Um, man, that's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I, obviously, Andy... Uh, Huge road trip, already a success, kind of, no matter how you chalk it up, even if, you know, they win and, you know, I'll think the sky's falling once again. But, you know, overall, as a, you know, team, this is a, the first big test as a group uh, under La Violette. You know, what are your takeaways as the, as, as the you know, Western road, cri- road trip progresses here? Um, yeah, I think, like I said off the top, you can see some things coming together. The special teams uh, are absolutely humming for the Rangers right now. Their power plays have been almost back to being borderline automatic, not New Jersey Devils level scary, obviously. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's really come through to them. And just the confidence on the PK. It's just, I mean, the amount of block shots this team is laying out for this year has been pretty crazy. Um, and, but, and not stupid, not, not just blocking shots for, for the sake of blocking shots, like making sure that recognizing high percentage plays from the other team and just literally laying out for those, you know what I mean? And it's the, it's, if it's one or two guys, it's one thing, but the fact that everyone's been doing it this year is pretty crazy. You know what I mean? It's, It's just, uh, that's the type of grit that gets uh, the Facebook New York Rangers crowd going, if you know what I'm what I'm talking about. But um, uh, yeah, man, it's they're clearly very comfortable defense in their de- with their defensive game right now. You know, maybe you can argue they're a little too comfortable because they're so content to just defend. But I think for the most part, they've been, you know, I, I obviously they the faster teams in the league are the ones that give them trouble and maybe. And so they don't get torched as much. They tend to concede the zone again, like they were doing under Gallant. But for the most part, they've been pretty good about getting their leads whenever they get them. And then just kind of stacking guys in the neutral zone. And when someone tries to enter, you step up on them and kind of force them to dump. So your, your D partner can go and get to the puck first. And then at least you have a chance instead of just giving up off the rush. But, um, yeah, and, and obviously goaltending has been great on this road trip. You know, quick, I think, is currently the NHL leader in uh, goal, you know, uh, goals given up. 
which is, you know, he's only played what uh, two and a, and a half periods or whatever it's been, but he's been fantastic in those periods. Um, you know, I don't think he's been heavily tested and that's something you don't want to test, but a lot's been made of his adjustments with Benoit Lair telling them to, you know, to pull, keep it in the paint, which has been his problem is he's such an aggressive goaltender. He's just, and as you get older and you lose your reflexes and, and your speed, it's just not a good recipe for success. So he's looking good. And Igor, after that bad game, you know, against the, uh, after getting pulled against the predators at home, he's responded back in a huge way. What only gave up the one goal, um, uh, in against the flames and yeah. And then just, uh, even that, you know, against some of the insane saves he made, uh, you know, against uh, the Canucks. So and especially that overtime save, he basically saved the game. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, everyone else is on this road trip. It's, you know, I think the only thing you can really complain about is that I think you're you're, you're starting to see that where the, the 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 proverbial chink in the armor of this team is the fourth line has just not been good enough. Um, and that's something they're going to have to figure out, which is tough because obviously players like Benino and, uh, and Goudreau are good on the PK, but just at five on five, when the, when the game is flowing, it's just hasn't been there for them. And if anything, I think last time I looked that they're, they're currently rated as like the lowest shot, uh, you know, chance creation in the NHL. <laughs> for a minimum of 25 minutes played, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, they're, the Rangers are going to have to figure that out. But that being said, despite that, the Rangers are the top team in their division right now. Um, and yeah, they're humming along. So, you know, unfortunately (laughs) they're in a tough division. So you you have to feel good for teams like Vancouver who are like, you know what, besides us and the golden Knights, like everyone else kind of sucks. Obviously, (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, it's like obviously, um, you know, San Jose is is the most uh, pathetic team in, in the league right now. The Kraken are in a real bit of disarray. Edmonton and Calgary are, are basically having existential crises. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? L.A.'s good, but not world beaters by any means. And Anaheim is a team that, although has some skill, is going to be bad more than they're going to be good this year. You know what I mean? So if you're the Canucks, you are sitting pretty. But... Uh, meanwhile, the Rangers, uh, every it seems like everyone is finally, you know, it's like uh, the Canes have finally gotten healthy and figured their shit out for the most part. Uh, the Islanders off the back of Sorokin are once again just finding their ways to win games despite getting outshot. Uh, the Devils, despite giving up all their goals, they can seemingly outscore all their problems. So, you know what I mean? So it's the Rangers have their work cut out for them because they have to keep winning because everyone else in their fucking division keeps winning. So the East is scary this year. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you it's like a, so annoying that you, you do look out West and you're like, I'm not really afraid of any of the teams out there. Like even, you know, Colorado. Yeah. Obviously great. Dallas. Great. Vegas on, you know, solid team but when you look at it overall like I I do feel like it's a different season I I don't have the vibe that it's going to be the same old same old and maybe that's because we're an eastern team and we focus more on uh you know the parity in the east but man oh man you're 100% right I mean if you look at just you know even just that group 
sitting in the wild card spots. You have Detroit, Tampa, New Jersey, you know, Philly, Florida, Ottawa, you know, and then you kind of have the, I don't want to call them bottom feeders yet, but Pittsburgh, Washington, Buffalo, Columbus, like, and they're right there kind of, you know, in terms of points, like no, no one's, no one's got a goose egg in the win column. Um, Pittsburgh's, you know, got three wins and eight games played, but it's, it, there's, it's going to be tough, man. The East is going to be tough. And I feel like that just makes, you know, this, this whole Western road trip so much more important that you, you're getting all these points and accumulating them, um, and banking them early while, you know, when you come back East, it's going to be just a gauntlet, you know, to, to get points and beat these teams consistently. And like you said, you know, Carolina's kind of found their game. The Islanders are going to be a pain in the neck and, you know, you know, besides, you know, Boston, you know, and even them, I feel like, you know, they can be loosey goosey at times with their play. But, you know, other than that, I'm not really afraid of anybody, you know, the New Jersey devils, I thought going into the season we're going to be one of the scariest teams in the league, but man, oh man, they, I mean, they, they might as well have a shooter tutor in that because I mean they do nothing to protect you know their goaltending. They don't respect their defensive zone. Um, they get off to slow starts. I mean, it's all like the problems. The I'll be honest with you, it's kind of a lot similar to the problems the Rangers had last year, where we got off to slow starts and we just expected things to happen you know, good things to happen to us rather than, you know, go out and make them happen. I think the big difference is that, you know, they have Jack Hughes and they have some superstars that, you know, can flip a switch and all of a sudden take over games where the Rangers, you know, didn't have that. We kind of had goaltending and, you know, uh, you know, Adam Fox and, you know, a couple other players that could make a difference on any given night, but kind of didn't. But yeah, um, just, you know, around... Around the league, I mean, I should say, let's do around the East. Andy, is there any team that, you know, now that we're like a tenth of the way, you know, through the season, where you're kind of like, you know, I, I'm not really that impressed with them. You know, I expected more going into this season. Well, it's it's tough because it's one of those things where it it's so early, it's kind of hard. It's like right now despite being in the top of their division, uh, they got off to a hot start, but the avalanche have really struggled lately. You know, they get shut out two games in a row with uh, Georgiev letting up like three or four in each game. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, yeah, but it's just so early. I mean, obviously I'm impressed with Vancouver. You know, your point about the devils is I think they're, they still scare me just because I think they can, they can figure this out and they're so potent, but also by design, they play that uh, a up-tempo they're going to take risks and fly, which kind of leaves them a little bit out in the open. Um, yeah. I mean, not as impressed with teams like Ottawa, who I thought would be better. You know, they get Tarasenko. Um, they're supposedly finally healthy, but obviously they've had some bad luck with that too now. And, um, not everyone thought the Oilers were going to win the Stanley Cup. That obviously not too impressed with that. Oh, you said the East. Excuse me. Um, no, well, Detroit, I mean, and I would say Detroit, despite how uh, good they've been, um, which is ironic, is right now you know they're in a wild card spot for their division, um, despite having you know more 
more points than the third place Islanders in the Metro right now. Um, although they, they, now that they will be the Islanders will have been jumped by New Jersey. Um, although New Jersey with the Islanders having a game in hand. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because as there, some teams that I wrote off early, you know, it seems like Carolina is getting their, their act together. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of Montreal has actually surprised me a little bit. I, I still don't think ultimately they're very good, but considering that there, I feel the Atlantic is not as stacked this year as I thought it was going to be. It's just tough. I feel like there's so many teams in the Atlantic that are just so hot and cold where I think everyone in the Metro for the most part are a little bit more consistent. Hell, even the Flyers are better this year. So, well, here's the thing, and, and you can call me wrong on this, but yeah, I feel like yeah, a lot of, a lot of these teams don't respect the defensive zone and are kind of sloppy on the back end and kind of hope to out- outscore their problems. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely y- true. I mean, ca- Carolina has given up a ton of goals. They might have, might, they might have be given up the most goals in the entire league. Uh, you know, Islanders will obviously play stingy, but they don't score goals. So they're kind of like the opposite of what I'm saying. But, you know, even Detroit, you know, they, they score a bunch, but, you know, they give up a bunch. Same with the Devils. You know, Tampa obviously doesn't have Vasilevsky right now. Um, so you, you never know what you're going to get out of that goaltending. Um, you know, Philly's the same way. They score, but they give up goals. Uh, you know, you, you look up and down. Ottawa's the same thing. I mean, they score a bunch, but they also give up a lot. You know, Buffalo, you know, it's not like, you know, they're, they're crushing defensive-wise. You know, they're they're even in terms of goal differential. And, you know, you, you look up and down the East, and you're just like, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, besides Boston, I mean, and they're an Atlantic team, but when it comes to the Metro – the Rangers are the most sound defensive team by far easily. And you know, I think it's funny. I think when you, I think about who are the best defensive teams in the league this year, you know, like I said, I would, if I, I, I'm not saying that Calgary, excuse me, uh, that Carolina can't get back to that, but, but it's basically, you know, so far this year, it seems to be teams like the golden Knights, Vancouver. Uh, I would have said Colorado, but then they had two games to forget. And then, uh, the Rangers, right? Be- and it's crazy. It, you know, looking at the scores around the league, it's we're not in the three two, you know, uh, mid to late aughts, you know, or you know, NHL circa two from 2010 to 2000, you know, 2020. It's like three to two is kind of the norm. Now the team, the winning team is scoring four or five goals, right? Which is pretty crazy. However, no one told the New York Rangers that. <laughs> They're winning games three one. They're winning games three nothing. Um, yeah, obviously last night it was a you know four three win in overtime. But that's been and those games have been outliers for them. They they give up very little shots. They give up very little goals. They block a lot of shots. And yeah, by no means are they. And I you know you'd argue that because of the style they play, I think they can and will probably get abused by some of the speedier teams in the league this year. Like I could see games versus uh, the Devils, Vancouver, um, uh, who else, you know, who else would be a burner? Um, Yeah, like games against the Devils and Vancouver, you know, and the younger teams in the league, I think are gonna give the Rangers fits this year. But that being said, I just think they play a style that they're going to be a law averages team. They're like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get <laughs> abused at some games, but for the most part, we're just going to 
be so play so within ourselves that it's going to be law of average is going to win out. And that's going to they're going to win games despite Mika Zibanejad being snake bit or despite only maybe on a given night, only one line might be going at a time. You know what I mean? And but they're like, you know what? One, we're going to get a goal from one of our lines. We know we're going to get a goal on the power play. Uh, you know, we'll be lucky if we can get an empty net goal or a, a goal off of a turnover. It doesn't matter who it is. And yeah, we maybe give up one goal for the game and Igor or and hopefully Jonathan Quick are good enough to make it all stand up. And that's it. That's the formula for them. It, I, I said it a million times. If this team can get a lead, they can lock shit down. And that's huge because that works in the playoffs. It works in the regular season. It's the teams that are a pain in the, pain in the ass to play against uh, when they get up a few goals. And we saw it last year, you know, when we played the Islanders, the Islanders were like the king of, of that, you know, for the New York Rangers, especially. It's like they got up on us and they just suffocated you and they didn't allow you any, you know, offensive opportunities. They don't let you, you know, rush the puck. They don't give up any odd man rushes. They make you dump the puck in and go to work for it. And, you know, teams that, you know, maybe are more of a turn and burn and, you know, feed off of, you know, turnovers and stuff like that. If you eliminate those opportunities, they're not just going to be able to flip a switch and say, hey, we're going to dump the puck in and, and go to work and grind out this game and win it. It's like that that's tough to do. I mean, you saw the New York Rangers not willing to do that last year in the playoffs. You saw the Devils kind of, you know, it was almost like a culture shock when they went from the New York Rangers to Carolina and Carolina was just like, no, we can match your speed and intensity and, you know, we can, you know, find ways to win, uh, you know, you know, against your, you know, your speed and uh, your, your ability to turn the puck over and, and go the other way. We can, we can match that. And, you know, you know, again, if the New York Rangers can be a, have the ability to be a lockdown team and not, go blow for blow with some of these speedier, younger, hungrier teams, you know, we'll be all right. We're going to win games like we did last night. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, cause Vancouver is certainly one of those teams that, you know, you could just tell, I mean, they're meant for odd man rushes. I mean, they got some skilled players, um, you know, but the Rangers did a really good job of, of eliminating their scoring chances off the rush. The NFL season is going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet 5 on the NFL. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms, responsible gaming resources. The one thing that really has stood out to me on this road trip, and especially last night on a game where they didn't really have it, is I do think they're a lot better about, you know, they might, they're never spending, even though that was a game where they were mostly defending for a lot of it um, at times, it was never for extended stretches of time, if that makes any sense. They would get hemmed in and they'd say, all right, we need a we need some possession here. And then they would string together a, a, a shift where they would pin Vancouver into their own zone. So I just think that they are seem so much more comfortable weathering the ebbs and flows of games and kind of dictate like just take instead of fighting uphill battles, just taking what it's giving them and making things work from there you know, living to fight another, you know, surviving a shift and living to fight another day when they have to. But at the same time, understanding of like, we don't necessarily need to score on this shift, but we need to like put the other team on its heels. And yes, obviously every now and then you're, you're yelling to, for an actual shot and goal when they're just rimming it around the perimeter to try to get the other team tired to run them out. But, uh, you know, I, I think the good thing about the Rangers this year is that they seem to be very good at, the little things, which is, I thought was probably their biggest weakness for a decade. Yeah. You know, what, say what you will about a coach and a system aside. It's like, I thought the Rangers were uh, weak in the corners and around the boards behind the net. Um, you know, I weak on one-on-one battles, weak at defending off the rush, those sort of things. Uh, and yeah, and also just kind of weak in clearing, you know, keeping their net front clear. And those are all areas in which they've absolutely impressed me this year, early on, at least. You know what I mean? So uh, it's good because those are the things that add up. I think those are the types of habits that helps you win games. And there will be a, uh, there will definitely be a lot of them this year because I think it seems like other than <laughs> other than the Sharks, you're getting close to to absolute parity in this league in that. It's, you know, instead of having like three or four teams where you can say, okay, we can take it easy tonight. You have one team in the league. You know what I mean? Especially early on when everyone thinks they're in it. It's going to be hard. But I, I, you know, I still expect the Rangers to have their rough spots this year and and the rough stretch. Other teams have dealt. Some teams have had it early. Some teams got had a good start and then are going through a little something like Colorado or Carolina. Uh, But everyone is still like after two or three games figuring it out. So yeah, you have to, you have to take these points while they're available, especially I've always said, I think the Rangers of the last few years seem to play better on the road without the distraction of home. And then when they're home, I, they definitely mail it in a little bit more. So, um, but you also then have the benefit of having the home audience on your side to pump you up when you need, need the help. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm obviously hoping they can, take all these lessons into Winnipeg and play at least a stronger game than they did against Vancouver. Hopefully the earlier start time helps them. Although they've been on the road so much, their biological clocks must be messed up right now. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's well, wait, when is uh daylight savings time? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know that's a random question. I think it might be next week. Yeah. It's um, it's no, it's uh, yeah, it's no- November 5th. All right. Well, Jeez. Yeah. Time fall back. Flying. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Um uh let's go into some other topics here. Uh one of them being we might as well do it because this might be the last pot potentially the last podcast we talk about this. Um 
Patrick Kane, Andy. Uh, where does he go? Rangers are obviously in in the discussion since he was a New York Rangers last year, and it's believed that he enjoyed his time here. Yeah. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Patrick Kane uh, saga? Um, you know, I obviously you have the agents and everyone who <laughs> gets any information from his agent saying how amazing he looks and the surgery, you know, he's, he looks like the old Patrick Kane. And, um, yeah, I, I think everything that's being reported is by credible. Let me, let me preface this by saying by credible sources, because obviously there are plenty of, uh, quote unquote, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, uh, insiders who, who claim to know things and, or have information that never really comes to pass. Um, I think the belief is the teams that are in the the lineup are essentially uh, the the Rangers in a reunion from last year. His hometown Buffalo Sabres, who are up and down this year. Um, the Detroit Red Wings for a reunion with his buddy Al, uh, Alex DeBrinkett and the Dallas Stars. All teams he would be interested in joining. Honestly, if you ask me what team he would probably play the best on, I think it would be Dallas. I agree. Um Although I could see the Sabres working too. I'm I understand wanting to put him back with Debrinket, but I don't know if if a Larkin Kane Debrinket line would work. I think it would work. I just think it would be smarter to spread the wealth if that's what happens. But I guess my point is the one thing is that those teams can offer him money that the New York Rangers just cannot. And that's that's the long and the short of it, especially if he wants to sign early and not wait until the, the trade deadline. Um, I think there, there's a record this year that it was like for, for 35 to 40% of all teams in the National Hockey League are currently using LTIR in order to be cap compliant. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just it's hard to have the money, you know, without having to sh- sh- shed salary somehow. Um, you know, unless the Rangers have I don't know if Barclay Goodrow has a no no movement clause. I don't think they would the Rangers a I don't think the Rangers would would fuck with their mojo by. Uh, shipping a guy like him out, even if they could, I haven't looked. If he, I don't, I don't remember if they gave him an NMC. I don't think they did. But uh, and B, yeah, I just think considering how it went, uh, he's got honestly, a 15, if you look, fifteen up? team list. He's got a okay. fifteen team. Yeah, list. okay. Um, you know what, man? It's just for whatever reason, a team like Dallas. I'm like the the West is a little bit weaker. It's a little bit more wide open. It just. That would seem like a smart bet instead of having to go through the the meat grinder that is the East this year. You know what I mean? Or at least the top end of the East with, you know, Rangers, Rangers, Devils, uh, lesser extent, Islanders, Carolina, uh, Bruins, the Maple Leafs. You know, we it's hard to know where the Florida Panthers are at right now. Is this just a lull Stanley Cup hangover, or, you know, final hangover, or are they just going to be bad this year? You know what I mean? So. I just think as a, the the West is a little bit more wide open, um, so might be a better bet for him. But I don't know where he ends up. I just think the Rangers are the least likely. But that's just one, that's just of an opinion. That's not based on fact. If he if it he ends up being a Ranger and they put him with uh cool you know Cooley and Trocheck or move Laugh down to back to his natural side to play with and to play with Trocheck and Cooley and just put Panarin Heedle. Patrick Kane, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I mean, as of right now, I don't I don't really think we need a, a player like Patrick Kane. Although, you know, it, it it really depends. I mean, we saw him last year before his hip really just gave out. I mean, there was a week there where he was the best player in the league again. And, you know, I, I hate to say that, like, there's a part of me that still thinks, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that still thinks he's got like another year or two left. Now, it all depends on what he's looking for. If he's looking for money, the New York Rangers are not even remotely close off the like on the list. I mean that I don't know what uh Dallas's cap situation. I would imagine it's similar to the Rangers, maybe a little bit better. But uh yeah, I, I again, that then he's going to Buffalo or Detroit. And you know, if he goes there, you know, that's like you said, man, it's that's not a guarantee that you're gonna even make the playoffs in the, on on those teams. It's not even really a guarantee you make the playoffs with the Rangers. I mean, shit. I mean, th- that's how good the East is this year. So, it, I think you know you're a thousand percent right when you say it's a safer bet for him if he's looking to win a championship, be in the playoffs, you know, not feel the the pressure of every game being a grind and constantly looking at the standings and seeing where things where where they shake out the west is the way to go and dallas is a, an incredible team i think they have a lot of talent um you know it's a team that i root for uh you know out of the west i, I like a lot of their players and but yeah it's just uh but if he's willing to take a one million dollar deal and kind of looks at bergeron and says you know you know bergeron you know he had his career he's done with it you know, if he wants to give it one last, you know, kick at the can and say, you know, I want to have some fun this year. I know it's a risk. I'm a risk, but I'm going to sign a $1 million deal and go to the Rangers and, you know, try to run this back. I think the Rangers will do it. They'll make it work. Yeah. Especially, especially because, you know, you have a guy like Tyler Pitlick or something on your team that's signed for 787. You cut him and you put in Pat Kane for a million you know, you're cap wise, you're really kind of in the same position. It's not really that big of a deal. Um, you know, and then I know it kind of shakes things up on the lines, but I, th- I think that's a good thing. And hear me out, hear me out, Andy, because you're looking at the lines right now and you're probably thinking that well, then laugh gets knocked down to the third. Hear me out. Laugh goes up to the first line or Kreider comes off. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, Kreider comes off the top line. Laugh goes up, and then slide Patrick Kane in on the second line. I think that's that's how you do it. Yeah, I you know I think the what gives me pause, other than Patrick Kane's uh, recent history of non-existent soft defense is is basically how how well does he fit in uh, you know offensive abilities aside is how well does he fit into the New York Rangers DNA this year of you know not slow but willing to make hard plays take hits to make plays block shots willing to forecheck um when asked win battles I think it's the one good thing I can say about the Rangers top three lines this year is that I'm not worried about any one of those players, especially, you know, it may have been Panarin in the past, but I'm not worried about any of the players in the Rangers top six losing a battle 
in the offensive zone or along the boards or in their own ends. I think they're all capable of it. You know what I mean? Where in years past, it's like, well, yeah, Ryan Strom's not going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. So, and I just, I, you know, they've had so much success, so much success early that would be so New York Rangers just to like, wow, we, we have something and it's really working well. How can we fuck this up? It's like the, where the, the smart money is on just using, finding a talented, you know, probably upper, uh, probably a player who's either on a bad team, but is putting up very strong defensive metrics and is unheralded, unheralded and uh, saying we can get this guy for cheap. You know, maybe we trade a third or, or a second form or whatever, and then we use him to knock you know, one of Benino or someone out of the lineup or Pitlick or whoever. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the smart. That's this. That's the smart move there because they're not going to sit Schneider at this point. Uh, Gustafsson has been great and has given some flexibility and more puck moving on the back end. So everyone, the D is essentially set. So that's where you make the bottom six is what is the, the basically the Achilles heel to this team right now. So if you want to, push Wheeler down the lineup, put him to the fourth line. You know, you're yeah, it's just or to and find a target like a high octane third liner who to play with Trocek, who can also, you know, the every year there's there's one of those guys that everyone's, you know, clamoring for to, that they know will be available. You know what I mean? So that's probably where the smart uh, change could be made for this team going into the deadline. But, you know, obviously, I understand why Patrick Kane is such a enticing you know because if you get a fraction if you get a fraction you know ultimately how it was the rangers was eh, wasn't so great it was fine you know he yet he had two games where he decided to take over and that was it but you know you don't know if it was the hip you don't know if it was father time so it's just it's just a hard bet do you want to be the the one that makes that bet and bets wrong and it fucks the, the chemistry you know so but uh, we'll see. I just, I personally don't think, and, and Elliot Friedman intimated, he's like, I don't think the Rangers are it, but you know, no, stranger I, things have happened. I don't, I don't think the Rangers are unless Kane makes it, make, gives, basically says like, you know, I, I want to be here no matter what. And then I think the Rangers will make it happen even with everything that you're saying. But, um, uh, yeah, we will see. Uh, you know, they did say early November is when Kane kind of wants to make his decision. So, we, you know, and, and November is right. Well, at the least corner. I would say, you know, looking at other than if because right now there's very little separation, at least in the in the east, because um, right now Buffalo is last in the east. But, you know, they're tied with Pittsburgh. So. Yeah, if maybe that knocks them out, but Detroit's in a playoff spot. Uh, Detroit actually, if if Detroit was a Metro team, they'd be in second place in the Metro behind the Rangers. They have one. They have one. Uh, they played one more game and have one less point. Yeah, they're they're cooling off though. They're cooling off a bit, and I I knew that would happen. They kind of remind me of the Rangers last year because I was like watching games. I'm like, yeah, they're they're scoring on their a lot of their first and second shots. And they have some good players, but they're, you know, they're a little slow and a little vacuous in the, in the neutral zone and that sort of thing. You know, and the goaltending has been, was really good to start. And now it's kind of going back down. 
Uh, Dallas looks really strong, which is why I think he where he ultimately lands up. He's got, Dallas is nine points in, uh, in nine points in six games. So, you know, they could, they're, you know, they, they, uh, win their next, uh, two games that would, you know, the, the Rangers have two games. They have two games hand on the Rangers. I know they're a different, uh, conference, but if they won those games, they would have 13 points in, in eight games. So, and that would, uh, yeah, you know, they're, so they're a good team. So I think it's ultimately will be Dallas, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if uh, Detroit is also in there, I just think Buffalo, I know it's his hometown team, but you know, they're in last place right now and I don't think much will change in the next week or two. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Although maybe it will, I don't know. Uh, TLDR probably won't be the Rangers. Yeah. But fun, fun combo, uh, to say the least. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing I definitely wanted to talk about was, uh, the leak Jersey. Now, Oh yeah. Call me, call me. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call me, but call me, you know, did I miss something? Why is there another Jersey getting done here? Uh, what is this one for? This is just a, th- apparently this is just a third Jersey, not even the Jersey. The Rangers will wear for the stadium series this year. Okay. Which at first I was like, Oh, is this the stadium series Jersey? Um, but apparently it is not it is apparently it, it's a, uh, the Rangers third Jersey, you know, uh, shout out to, um, aesthetics, which is uh, that site that basically covers every all logo and alternate Jersey news for NHL teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is apparently a new third Jersey. Um, I don't, I loved the, the lady Liberty when they brought it back last year. But apparently that's gone. That's a one year thing because you can make money by having a different jersey every year. Um, <laughs> which is stupid. I mean, you know, the Rangers a few years ago really got it right with their heritage third, right? And they they what? They basically wore it for then for the next seven or eight years. Yeah. It what yeah. They, they they introduced it in what, two thousand and ten, like Gabrick's like second to last year or whatever or what it was. Yeah, you know what I mean, and they're like, this is awesome. We're just going to wear this legit for the next decade almost as the third jersey. And it was perfect. And now it's gone. And now every year it's like, this one's bad. This one is slightly better, but it doesn't. It changes all the time now. So, yeah, um, I but although like teams like the Devils, like they're they're going to use that the 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 font jersey now is their third jersey. So they, they've been doing that. Uh, so, yeah, as far as this one, well, I guess let's let's get to the meat of this. What are your, um, what are your rate at your first impressions of this uh, leaked third Jersey? If it is to be believed, uh, I'll start out with what I like about it. Yeah. Um, for, for a change. I like the color blue. Um, I, I, I like that. It's the, you know, a darker blue. I like that. Although I don't think the Rangers have a flattering, you know, logo that you can slap on to a Jersey. I do like it, you know. There's a, you know, obviously that the logo is classic. It's original six. It's just been around forever. It really hasn't been tweaked that much. I mean, I know there's different versions of it, you know, the, you know, from 1962 to, you know, 79. They did different versions of it. Um, where you kind of lose me though, and I don't know if I'm missing something. If it's supposed to be representative of 
the different burrows or something. I, I don't get the sleeves. I really I don't understand what they're they're doing there. I just feel like it's it's too much, and you know, I, I it, it hurts the eyes. I don't know what I'm looking at, um, but I didn't know if it was, you know, the when the Devils had their jerseys, it was supposed to the, the thirteen stripes represented the thirteen counties or something. I, is yeah. this representative of something? I have so my understanding of this jersey because there's a lot to look at and a lot to uh it's a lot to analyze you know what I mean for for what what the hell is is going on here but you know it's like so the I, apparently the the lines on the arms are supposed to be like when you're standing in the subway, like at Herald Square at 34th Street, the lines that are on the side of all the subway stations, the MTA, you know what I mean? It's like the same geometric pattern. Um, that's what I heard. I don't know if that that might have been conjecture. Then also on the call inside of the collar, you have the the white tile, which is supposed to either be subway tile or it's supposed to be like when you're coming through the, uh, you know, like the Midtown Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. So there's all these different elements, but it just doesn't make sense. It's weird because you have these three very normal ass distinct blue, white and red lines on the bottom. And then you have a blue, white and red. But this weird wavy, like more bars broken up in a different way. It almost looks like it's your your when you look at it, you look like you're hallucinating it. It's weird. Doesn't work. I don't know why they did it. I understand why. Because your first instinct is, well, what would it look like if they just made it more again? Then it looks like you didn't put any effort in because then it's just lazy. It's just a Navy jersey with three bars, the Rangers logo and another three bars. So they, they're they like, we cannot just do this. Uh, I, but then so they do this and it just doesn't work, which means, you, un- unfortunately for the, the people, <laughs> unless it's someone like from the Rangers, uh, whoever they hired to design this is like, you know, fuck you, just get it out by Tuesday so we can make some more prints and more money. You know what I mean? It's like you needed to spend more time with this. You, you got the color right because that shade of blue, uh, that darker navy will work with red pants. You just have to fig- you have to be a little bit more creative then. And uh, they were like, uh, different colored arms. We're done. Great. Yeah, I I like the plain white, you know, not numbers and, and, you know, lettering. I think that actually looks sharp. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, listen, I, I, you don't need the, you don't need to overcomplicate this stuff. Like, I, I feel like sometimes people try so hard to be like unique and, you know, it's got to represent, you know, the subways or something. It's like, it doesn't, you don't actually have to do that. You know, we it's New Yorkers will understand. Like, there's no, we don't need it to represent the subway. Half the New Yorkers don't even like taking the subway because it's delays or there's a signal problem or you know, you know, it's just it's, you know, the, you know, there's a, you know, a, a rat, you know, burning on the track, so now it's delayed. Like, we don't need the jersey to represent the part of our day that we dread the most. You know, let's just get a jersey out there that's clean it's simple you know if you want to try to represent some sort of stripe on there to represent the five boroughs or something so you have five stripes i don't even know you know i i don't know well 
not to not to cut you off, but as you were doing that, um, based on because the first leak of the jersey was not the full jersey; it was just it folded up in a bag, and all you could see was the Rangers logo and the bottom three stripes. So someone went on NHL twenty four or twenty five, whatever the fuck's out now, and uh, NHL twenty four, and just kind of mocked up what they thought the jersey would look like in its entirety, based on that. And it looks way better. It's basically what I said. It's they they moved. Uh, they made the the that just instead of the white numbers, they have the sublimated white like red with the white border for the numbers on the arms. No shoulder caps. Very very like basically clean up top. The Rangers traditional shield in the middle, and then just matching um, the matching stripes to mirror the bottom on the sleeves. It looks way better than I thought it would. It just the lines mirroring on the arms to clean up top. Um, and yeah, as long as you don't fuck the if you're going to have it simple, as long as you don't fuck up the pants and the, and have the matching socks, it'll probably look OK. But yeah, it just it, uh, once again, there are elements here that could work and it just gets overthought, which but that's every jersey that's ever existed. Although I will say watching uh, clips of the Heritage Classic so far that's going on, those the at least on the Oilers side, I thought those jerseys do not look as egregiously bad as I thought they would on the ice. Well, that's the thing too. I was going to say, you know, sometimes they look completely different when the players are all wearing them. So, uh, you know, even if this is the Jersey that's going to get rolled out, uh, you know, maybe it will look a little bit different. Maybe the sleeves won't be so, uh, you know, I lack of a better word, eye catchy and uh, a little nauseating to look at, but yeah. Uh, Again, I do like the crest, though. I like that they just they put the crest on. You know, it's a logo that, you know, again, I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world to just slap on in the middle, but I'm glad they went for it because, you know, it, the Rangers, you know, that used to be what the Rangers jersey entailed. And, and you know, they've gotten away with that, obviously, with the, the Rangers going across the chest. And, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, the fact that they uh, they brought back the logo. So, uh any, anything else, Andy? No, no. I mean, I, I think that about wraps things up. Um, you know, uh, I've been looking ahead a little bit because the most Rangers thing that could happen now is that they can win this final game and come back feeling good about themselves and then just lay an egg or two in their next two home games. Although I think they have what? They have a game at home against Carolina, then they go back out on the road, right? For when they return from this road trip. Do I have that yeah. correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, I will be very interested to watch this game, not because it is at 730, like you had mentioned, which again, I don't understand why, how, why that is. Again, hope, hope, thank, thank you to the fine people of uh, Winnipeg for, for making this game earlier, I guess, or the, whoever's in charge of that. Um, but because I'm interested to see, do the Rangers take maybe the fact they were defending too much to heart? I think it'll be a real positive sign if they come out and they just play a little bit more, they're more back in the control seat. Cause then you can say, you can say what you want about the teams they played, but their two hardest games were at the tail end. Clearly the Canucks and the Jets are, are the, probably the best teams of the, the five they've met on the road so far. You know what I mean? So if they come out and they are, look like the better team in this one. Oh, and I'm also interested, uh, 
maybe final question of the pod, James, if you are Peter Laviolette, who starts this game? Uh, in net. I th- yeah, I, uh, I, I think I go quick only because, you know, if you look how the schedule kind of folds out, um, actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I would yeah. go, I would go, uh, Igor against Winnipeg and then you don't play again till Thursday. So you can roll Igor back at home again on November 2nd, which is Thursday. And then, you know, maybe get uh, quick, another start, uh, on Saturday against the Minnesota wild. Um, yeah, that's how Min- I, I Minnesota is such a scrappy team. I I think I'd feel more comfortable with Igor, Igor and Neff for that one. That's just how I'm feeling. So, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that's not how it shakes out. You might be absolutely right, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Makes me uncomfortable. You I know guess. what? You know what? Throw quick out for Winnipeg. I, I all right. I would go. Yeah, then go quick, and then Igor. The thing is, Igor, though, Igor. <sighs> quick Igor Igor but the problem is I just feel like is against Carolina is that too long of a gap Mm. to leave yeah because you're going Saturday to Thursday then yeah for for Igor you know I mean honestly god I don't yeah maybe they go maybe you go Igor Igor quick against um back in Minnesota and then just back to Igor for the next two and then you can play quick again uh, against Columbus at home. And then uh, then they have a nice little, they have like six days off, Jesus Christ, uh, before they meet the Devils at home. So that'll be back to Igor. So yeah. that, that might be it. But uh, we'll see. You know, I interestingly enough, because in the past, every other goal coach, the the, or every other head coach the Rangers have had for the last few years is like, it's like, who's starting? And he's like, well, I leave that up to Benny. <laughs> Yeah, or his input, but Peter Laviolette has basically said, "Like, no, I get final say on who started." Like, I don't know. That was no, there was no shade there, but I think he's just intimating. It's like, look, it's like I'm going to make that decision. Yeah, and but uh, but he also he also talks closely with everyone, and he's definitely more of a communicator than the last few coaches the Rangers had. So I'm sure he's got his finger on the pulse, maybe a little bit better in that regard. Uh, And so far, it's worked out. It's been right starts at the right time. I guess the question is. I, I, coming in, I thought Quick wouldn't respond well to having to come in cold and be a backup and play less, but he's really taken to it so far. Um, so I guess the question is, instead of over complicating that trust and saying, all right, we're going to start giving Quick more time and all this and that, I still think Igor is going to play a lot more of the games this year. Um, but uh, especially you know, early. Yeah, know. especially early, like you said. I think it's good for him to get in a groove early. So you have proof of concept. So even if he has a, a lull sometime in the season, he can round off. You know, he's definitely not like Lundqvist wherever we are. We're like, listen, Lundqvist is going to play like shit until Thanksgiving. And then he's going to turn it on a little bit in December. And then he's going to be damn near unbeatable from um, January onward. You know what I mean? That, yeah. <laughs> that was just you just knew what how that's how it was going to play out. And he was going to end with, a, you know, he's going to finish the year with like a 930 or whatever. Uh, every year. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I, I assume off the back of that game, I think it's going to be Igor. But um, yeah, I I'd, honestly, considering how he played, I'd be happy with either. 
you know, and maybe having a little tête-à-tête between the two of them isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule right now, Andy. We don't yeah. we have a bunch of games starting like right around Thanksgiving. November like November 24th to November 24th is our first back-to-back game. We we play the 24th and 25th, the 27th, 29th, the second, the third, so it's another back-to-back, then the fifth, the ninth, the tenth. I that's when you know quick is gonna really have to be relied upon because it's those back-to-backs and game mixed in with games every other day that can get you know really tiresome before you know they kind of take that. Um, you know, the, um, you know, and, and looking at it now, they don't really have that much time off. They played December 22nd, they played December 23rd, and then they're right back at it on December 27th. So I thought they might have a little bit more of a gap during, during, um, you know, that, you know, Christmas day being the 25th, but, but they don't really. So they only have four days off less than that three, three full days off. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to definitely be interesting the the management um, for Laviolette with you know Igor and Quick because Quick is definitely going to have to be relied upon, especially late November through December. Yeah, no, it's a uh, you know load management in the NHL is going towards more of a, a split, but uh, yeah, I mean, I. I still think Igor is going to probably play as much as possible. I don't think the Rangers are going to tempt fate on that one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you to sign us off here. You have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I hope everyone uh, has a fun and safe uh, Halloween. Oh, that's right. uh, if you're going trick-or-treating, uh, either yourself or with young ones, we hope uh, you get all the the candy uh, you desire. Hope it doesn't make you too sick. Uh, I just know I'm going to have, I bought too, full disclosure, I bought too much candy knowing there would be a lot left over. Um, so it's, the, the true test for me is after Halloween, seeing how much that is left and saying, you just need to throw this out because if you don't, it's just going to be sitting there and you're going to pick at it and you're going to make yourself sick. So uh, I'm a 36 year old man and I'm telling you this, I have no faith in my ability to do that. So <laughs> That's the real chess this this upcoming Halloween week. Uh, not not with the Rangers, whatever the Rangers have going on. It's me versus this bowl of leftover candy. Uh, do I have the resolve to uh, not make myself sick? Uh, and the answer is no. But as long as the Rangers are putting up these performances like this and they're not making me sick with their performances, it's uh, I'm willing to, to deal with a little bit of a tummy. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.